What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to Optimize You. We are helping you optimize every single area of your life. And today we have an amazing, amazing podcast. We're going to talk about everything you need to know about skyrocketing your weights in the gym. So I know for me, Matt, we love pushing some fucking weight. And I know over the years, I'm speaking for myself, I'm assuming I'm speaking for Matt as well, like we've seen our weights go up dramatically through doing a bunch of different stuff. So we're going to go through all of those different items that you can start doing within your life, at the gym, with your diet, with your recovery, all of that stuff to help you start to increase those weights and get get that fucking shit going. And so, yeah. And also, if you are enjoying the podcast, you know, we do this every episode, but we'd appreciate it if you would rate it, rate us, if you would subscribe if this is your first episode. Welcome. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss our future episodes that we drop every Tuesday and Thursday. And, you know, if you like this, make sure you share the pod with somebody who you think could benefit from it. You know, we're going to continue giving you guys awesome content every week, stuff that we is really close to our hearts. And so we appreciate you watching and uh, let's get into the pod. What's going on, brother? Yeah, man, I'm excited about this one because this is right up my alley. This is one that clients ask me a lot about. This is one that I personally care a lot about. You know, I take myself back 10, 15 years ago, even further like, this is the stuff I wanted to know. This is the stuff that I had questions about. This is the stuff where I was like, man, how do I get strong? How do I get jacked? How do I, how do I move more weight and how do I do so successfully injury free? Uh, so I can just live like a badass, right? I want to, you and I both played sports. So it was like, okay, for me, I know once the transition out of sports was like, dude, I'm just going to eat weights and that's what I want to do. I want to get better at it. I want to learn more about it. I want to engulf myself in it. Uh, so dude, I'm excited to jam on this one today. How about you? Oh, dude, I'm pumped. I'm pumped. I, I know we just kind of got this topic and I started getting excited about it. And I was like, we got to do it today. We got to <laughs> do it today. Cause I, I think this is something that a lot of people are going to benefit from. And I, I mean, it's just that, especially, you know, like you said, us being athletes, it's that competition with ourselves within the gym. It's just, it's one of those areas. That's why I love lifting. That's one of the reasons I love lifting. Obviously, there's endless benefits to it, but that's one of the reasons I love lifting and also golf. Like it's a source of competition with myself that I can, you know, I'm chasing a PR. I'm chasing a best score at the at the golf course. And so this is going to be good. And I think we're going to talk about things that maybe people aren't doing, right? I think that we're going to talk about things that, that people haven't really thought of when it comes to to this, especially the newbie, right? The, the somebody who's listened to this podcast and they're new to it. And I'm curious to like, what what would you say is like kind of the number one thing for you? Like, let's, let's go outside of the gym, right? Like, let's not talk about progressive overload. We'll go there, like, and how you can kind of set up your training to increase mm -hmm. your weights and skyrocket those weights. What would you say is number one for you when it comes to outside of the gym, helping you hit PRs? I think you have to know what your fuel source is. You got to know what you're consuming. You got to have awareness around that. Like I right in close, not even second place, but I think it goes hand in hand with sleep. You maximize those two. Like you can not only build strength, but you can drastically build strength when you pay attention to those. If you just try to lift heavy in your sleep shit and your food shit, and you don't have awareness around those, dude, it's putting the cart before the horse. You're going to make it's, it's like, trying to swim in quicksand. It's really, really hard. You're going to be frustrated. If you're a newbie newbie, like you'll get those newbie gains. But as soon as you get slapped by that plateau, that that all of a sudden you you face kind of like that first roadblock, dude, the shit's hard as hell. And you're going to be asking why. So I say all of that just to say, dude, focus on what you're fueling your body with first. Like give yourself the best possible fuel, food that you you possibly can create hyper awareness around how much protein you're consuming we need to recover and repair the muscle tissue and then also you need to make sure if you're one of those people that's like it's not impossible but i'm not a huge fan of like doing the the keto and and, and like doing the low carb and also trying to get strong and jacked like it's really really hard like you can do it it's it, you know it's not impossible but man use your energy's most preferred energy source um, a resource through carbohydrate, right? Like use that shit to your advantage because you can get you. It's, people talk about the pumps, right? Like, and and people feel like, oh man, you see a lot of people right now in the industry doing like the rice crispy treat thing, right? And it's just like quick, fast, readily digestible carbohydrate glucose that you can use immediately 
in your workouts to help build muscle. And um, I would say that's first, dude. That's that's the thing that jumps first to mind is like make sure you got your eating down. Make sure you're eating enough, right? Maintenance or into a surplus. If we're trying to build here and we're trying to get strong, now is not the time to like lean out, look super skinny, worry about your six pack right now. Like if you're trying to get jacked, if you take this step back to take three forward promise you, you, you won't regret that. So that, that would be first, that would, that would be the first thing I would just, and of course it's going to be different with every, I'm just generally speaking, but it, you know, if you want to get the biggest bang for your buck, focus on your food and your sleep. Those are like right up there, neck and neck. What about you, man? What do you think? Yeah, dude, I, I was going to go in the same direction and you talked about a lot of the same things I was going to dive a little deeper. That's how you know. Yeah, right? no, it's like, it's, it's so key. Right. And I think that that's, you talked about keto and, and I think, that's just not the best way to to build muscle and get to the best. And honestly, you're going to, I think at a certain point you start to do like detriment to your sleep and recovery when you're doing that. Cause it like carbs for anybody out there who doesn't know, it's a huge fuel source, right? It's a great, it's an amazing fuel source. And I think a lot of times when you say carbs, people's minds go to processed foods, mm -hmm. right? So I just wanted to also throw out the fact that there's a lot of amazing quality carbs out there that are not yeah. processed, right? It's like rice. There's a million time, types of different rice, right? Brown rice, white rice, jasmine. You know, there's a million times of white rice, like jasmine, basmati, like all these different things. Like you can you can get a lot of different kinds of rice, which is great. I love rice. I do different kinds of rice. Me too. Throughout the week, potatoes. I think you're the one who got me onto the little potato company. Yeah. You just warm them up and for five minutes in the microwave, like they're already Dude. basically they're cooked potatoes. You must just be kind of warming them up again, but potatoes, right? There's red potatoes, sweet potatoes, there's veggies. Like veggies are a source of carbs. Obviously they're not going to be loaded with carbs. Like a lot of the carbs are probably going to be fiber, fruits, veggies, stuff like that. Great, great sources of, of carbohydrates, quinoa. There's different, there's different stuff out there. I just want people to know that there's a lot of great quality carbs that are going to have a lot of nutrients in them that are going to help your body in other ways that are going to help your body function in a better capacity, but carbohydrates as well, not just fuel great for recovery, right? They're mm -hmm. a huge recovery source. They're going to be what I like to call like the shut off to cortisol, right? When we're, when we're stressing our body, cortisol is going to be released, right? And, and cortisol is perfectly fine in small amounts. And like our body can actually come back stronger when we, when we're stressing our body in small amounts, it's the fact of having stress that's prolonged throughout days and months and years that people really start to see their body break down and start to see a lot of struggles with recovery and sleep and, and, you know, heightened stress and, and different stuff like that. And just, you know, hunger signals being just fucked up and, you know, like being like really craving foods that aren't going to necessarily help you in the long run with all this stuff. So those are kind of some things and like protein wise, I think it's just huge, like protein and don't like when it comes to protein as well, like obviously do what you need to get it in, but the more you can get from quality whole foods, like meats, fish, uh, Greek yogurt, uh, eggs, stuff like that is going to be beneficial because they're going to have the nutrients you need. A lot of people will eat tons of protein bars and tons of scoops of protein powder. And although like, if that's what you need to get it in, right? If you're a vegetarian or whatever it may be, if that's what you need to get it in, awesome, whatever. But like, you're going to definitely see that recovery is going to be better. You're going to feel better throughout the day. Life's going to be, you're going to, you're not going to crave a lot of like the sugary foods. I, I've noticed with myself and I don't know, I'd love to hear from you as well on this, but like when I am eating a lot more protein bars and I'm eating and I'm having a lot more scoops of protein powder in the past, I feel like like it, it leads me to more processed foods as well, right? Where the other way around for me, if I'm eating more quality whole foods, like single ingredient foods, like I, I feel like it kind of, that builds me into more of those kind of foods as well. Like I kind of, it's almost like I build momentum in one direction or the other. And, uh, I, and that's not to say I don't mix those things in. Like I generally have a scoop of protein powder a day, I love to put it in like oatmeal or like I use like cream of wheat right now is what I kind of have been, have been using in place of oatmeal. Cause my body does not like oatmeal currently, but what's your opinion on that? Like what, what do you think when it comes to protein? 
Yeah, dude. I, and that's one of my go-tos every day is the cream of rice. I do cream of rice instead of cream of wheat. Same thing. It just digests better with, yeah, uh, yeah. with my stomach. Um, and I think when, when you get to a certain point, it becomes very hard. It's very difficult to eat just like your entire day's worth of protein with chicken breast or, you know, things like that. So if the, if you do struggle with that, that's where, like Alex is talking about, bring in that supplementation because that's where it can help. Now, if you're relying on that, trying to hit your targets or, you know, trying to make sure you got an adequate amount of protein. And it's not to say that it's bad, but you are missing a lot of the micronutrients in the single ingredient whole foods that are going to be packed. You know, he's talking about these lean meat sources um, that are going to be huge building blocks when it comes to getting stronger, building muscle. So you don't want to miss out on those. Um, you gave a ton of great examples, too, of both carbohydrate and proteins. And um, I like that we're going over this first because this is usually where, like, especially guys will backtrack, meaning, like, they just want to hit the weights hard. They want to get better at it. Like, they're just they're, they're gung-ho in the gym, which is great. Like, and, and I love to see that. But it it inevitably comes to a point where they hit a wall or they're like, man, I'm not making gain. I get, I got past my new newbie gain phase. And so they end up backtracking going, Oh, well maybe I should start paying attention to the stuff that actually moves me forward. Um, and, and, and helps me in the process, which is what we're talking about. Um, having high quality nutrition. Right. So, and I'm the same way, like, dude, I'll, I'll throw processed shit in, in my diet all the time, but and I say like a, a really big, but the, the caveat with that is the majority of what I'm consuming, because I know how my body's going to perform and how it's going to feel when I have those single ingredient whole food sources, high quality carbohydrates, things that make me feel like I have rocket fuel when I'm training. Um, those are going to be totally different than me just eating processed crap. I still love it. And I still have a place for those things in my diet. It's not perfect by any means, nor do I think anybody should. Um, but I'll tell you, there's a huge difference of me eating uh, some potatoes and feeling a pump, feeling my skin thick, feeling like I have energy to lift heavy and I feel strong. Um, and then also from a recovery standpoint, too, like you talked about, right? Like we're depleting our glycogen stores when we go in, we train with high intensity. And then not only did you need carbohydrate source for the energy of the actual workout, you're depleting those stores, too. So po post-workout is super important to be replenishing those. Um, and so having an emphasis on both carbohydrates and, and protein is super, super important. We didn't even get into fats, but start with those two first and then just let your fats fall in where they, where they do. And that's, that's really going to get you super, super far. But, and we haven't even dived into the physical side of things yet, right? Like yeah. we're, we're, we're talking about how to skyrocket your lifts, get strong as shit, build some muscle. Like I'm glad we're bringing this up first because this is usually the topic that people are like, Oh shit, I ran into a wall. Like there must be something else here that is, is going to help me or like there's something that I'm doing wrong. Right. So then they try to lift heavier or train harder and they tweak something. They injure themselves. So they try to do more. Like let me start doing double days or, you know, let me start doing the, these workouts that I see this super jack dude online do thinking that like that's the key when in actuality it's like, dude, you got to feel your, you got to put the, the percentages in your favor. Like, by, by making sure you're fueling yourself properly first and foremost. Absolutely. Yeah, man. And, and I, like, I think that it's just like fat loss, right? Like a lot of people, in my opinion, I think there's a lot of people out there that they really prioritize that, that, that the whole movement side of things and the workout side of things. And I think that mm -hmm. this is like 50% of the equation or 75% of the equation when, when it's really the smallest, like five to 10% of the equation. Right. It's like and that's the same with with this whole thing. Like if you want to really increase your lifts in the gym, if you want to really build muscle, the whole lifting side of things is is important. I want to say it's probably more than the whole five to ten percent, obviously, but like like if you're neglecting your diet, if you're neglecting recovery, if you're neglecting a lot of these things we're gonna talk about today, you're gonna to really you're gonna be in a rough spot. And so one other thing I wanted to say as well is like on the carb side of things, like don't be afraid to push it. The more you are training, the harder you are training, the more carbohydrates you're going to need. It's, it's, you know, it's not, you know, so many people are afraid of carbs and, and it's literally, if you're on, if you're listening to this podcast and you do want to increase your weights, fucking pound the carbs. Like, and not, not in a way that, that just, that makes it so you feel like shit and not in a way that you're doing it with all these processed foods, but also understand for those of you who have to eat more food, like me, Matt, you eat a good amount of food as well. Like 
it's it's going to be really relatively impossible at a certain point especially if you're bulking if you're you know if you're really in a surplus it's going to be impossible for those to all come from quality foods at a certain level so you got to understand that like the higher calories go the less the less like quality foods you can consume it's just it's impossible like i've tried Trust me, I've it's tried so to have hard. it come yeah. from, and it's like you'll get these big ass bowls or like these huge salads that are 500 calories. And in my, if I'm ball, if I'm like trying to build muscle, I have to eat like 46, 4700 calories a day. 500 calories is making the smallest fucking dent in that, and it's gonna <laughs> right. fill me up. Like I got to eat more. Like it gives you a lot of leeway though, too, right? Like it don't don't yeah. take that the wrong way. I'm just saying that you're gonna have to get closer to maybe like a a 60 40 split right like 60% quality foods 40% processed as you get really high in those calories and so that's kind of mm. there and i you know going into a different side of this so we talked you know diet which is a part of recovery you know what are some other things with recovery cuz i i mean i can't stress enough like how important the recovery side of it is to hit these prs and to increase like it's it's number 1 Right. It's not if you're not recovering, you're never going to get there. And so what would you say is kind of on top of diet? What's the next part that these uh, these folks out there can can dive into to help when it comes to recovery and increasing their weights? I think it's the, the, the one thing that gets overlooked by everybody, especially brand new, just starting out or even people that are a little bit seasoned. I think uh, they don't put too much or as much emphasis in the recovery aspect as they should. Uh, until it here's here's one of two ways either you figure out that you're not recovering and you're going into each session just beat up banged up you're kind of dragging through it that's not good right there's a time and place to do that absolutely but if you're doing that on a consistent basis something's not right and let's say if from a nutritional standpoint you do have that dialed in let's just make that assumption and you are sleeping really well um, but you're not recovering meaning you're chances are I'd take a look at your, your volume, like your frequency, like how often are you training or what's your program look like? Are you like smashing the same muscle groups, you know, back to back days. And then it makes it so that you're not allowing yourself and your body to recover back to baseline. Cause that's essentially what we're doing. When we go in the gym, you're at this baseline. We're tearing ourselves down below, right? Trying to build resilience in what it is that we're doing, i.e. adding in external load and making things harder and we tear ourselves down, it's in the actual recovery process where we bring ourselves back up to baseline and uh, repair the tissue to make it more resilient to then in turn repeat the process. So if you continue to tear yourself down, 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 down below baseline and you never quite come back up and recover, you're just digging yourself deeper into a hole. So really the actual gains are truly made in the recovery. I wish everybody knew that, especially starting. If you put more emphasis in your recovery, you can almost be kind of sloppy with your training, meaning like your technique cannot like doesn't have to be all the way completely dialed in. Like you could probably being a dude, you could probably lift some heavy shit. And like, let's just assume you stay injury free and it's not just like the tightest form and technique and it's not even the best programming. But if you have it spaced out correctly and you do a great job recovering, like you can still see amazing results. Right. And so, like, I tell people that all the time. I'm like, don't be so focused on like trying to find the perfect program, especially if you're first starting, like just do something, make sure you can get in there consistently, but more so importantly, start paying attention to the things that fly under the radar that really nobody's paying attention to. Everybody just wants to go in and and smash weights, which is great. Like we all do, right? Especially guys, but, um, not paying attention to, or just brushing under the rug, the recovery aspect of it, you're leaving so much on the table. It's like ridiculous. What do you think, man? Oh, for sure. And, you know, really, I love that you brought up volume. I think that's a huge thing. I know for me, I used to lift like seven days a week, sometimes two a days, mm-hmm. and my weights would get stagnant, right? Or they'd start to go down, right? I just wasn't recovering. And, uh, I mean, that's just a huge thing, controlling the volume, allowing yourself to come back fresh. Like, you don't want to – there's going to be some days where you go into the gym, you don't feel good. I found that some of those days you can hit PRs even yeah right? like you use like, some of the best days being really good but some other yep. things to think about when it comes to recovery sleep right like sleep's the number one thing if you're just not sleeping if you're sleeping four or five hours a night of shitty sleep like it doesn't matter what you do like it even throw away the food like it doesn't even matter what you do 
you're not yeah. going to, you're not going to really grow that much, right? It's just not going to happen because sleep is where our bodies, like our cells regenerate, our bodies recover. It's like, it's literally where everything happens. Like that is where the shit happens. And so if you're struggling with sleep, I suggest putting a heavy emphasis on that. You know, you could talk about hydration is another thing. Like that's going to help with sleep. That's going to help with recovery in general. If you're not hydrated, like you're going to, it doesn't really matter what you do. You're probably not going to see the results that you could in the gym. So focus on those things. Focus on, you know, some things I've actually, I talked on uh, a previous or I think a previous I'm sure it was already released at this point when you're listening to this podcast. And also, I just want to say to everybody out there, we're going to talk about the in-gym stuff as well. Like, <laughs> we're going to talk about like things to do in the gym to skyrocket your weights. That's Wait till the end for that. Like, But these are really, really important because this is what people don't talk about. Like, You've probably heard the stuff we're going to talk about at the end already by the millions of people out there who talk about this subject. But just this is this is where the gold's made. And I just wanted mm -hmm. to say that, um, you know, it's like with sleep, I talked, I've been struggling with my sleep. Like I've just had this broken sleep and some of the things I'm doing, just to give you an idea of things you could work on outside of hydration, diet, you know, dialing in your diet is going to be huge. Um, what I've been doing is I've been keeping a consistent sleep schedule. So trying to go to bed and wake up around the same time, right? Like when it's all over the place, when the weekdays are different from the weekends, like, it's tough for your body to get into that. Your circadian rhythm is just off, right? It's not going to be dialed in how it could. So I'm in the process of doing that. Um, a nighttime routine, like having some sort of wind down at night where you're not just going from stress and work and watching a bunch of TV and doing this and that and on your phone and on your computer to trying to go to sleep. You know, your body, you, like there's a lot of lights in your face and whatever. Your body is going to think that it's still light out. It's going to think that it's still day. It's going to continue to run those processes that is running during the day. When, when we shut the lights or we dim the lights a little bit, when we, you know, maybe focus on maybe some meditation, or I like to do some light stretching at night. Like that's kind of my start of my nighttime routine is doing like a night yoga or just some light stretching stuff like that to like, that's kind of the signal for me that my body, I'm, I'm going to start to wind down, right? I'm going to start to get into bed. And then right before bed, I do some meditation some nothing crazy. I do like a five minute just meditation. And then I get and I do like a guided meditation in bed. And that kind of helps me kind of bridge the gap. But those are kind of some of the things I'm personally working with. It's going to be way different. I know we've talked about sleep on this podcast for anybody out there. It's going to be different for you, but trying to shoot for at least seven hours a night, you know, that could be the first step for a lot of you out there. If you're like, Oh, I'm getting five hours of sleep. That's not enough. I don't care. <laughs> who the fuck told you that was enough? Like there, there's people out there who don't talk about sleep and, and they're like, Oh no, you don't have to sleep. Those people are fucking wrong. Like I, I've, I've been in the place of not getting a lot of sleep or a lot of quality sleep. And I've been in the place of having like crazy good quality sleep. And it's crazy how much better my, my lifts were in the gym. It's crazy how much better I showed up. It's crazy how much more energy I had during my lifts and beyond afterwards. Like you're going to, thank yourself later when it become, when it comes to like this importance. I know for a lot of guys, like this is just, this is something that you love doing is getting in the gym and just seeing what you can push. And, and if you're a newbie, like, I'm sure you're still the same way. You're like, I want to get up to those other guys at the gym that it's, it's hard to not like look at some of these guys and be like, ah, I want to be able to bench that much. You're like, I want to be able to mm -hmm. squat that much. And you can, it's just going to be a process and understanding that, also, like Matt and myself, we've been both working out for over 10 years, right? Like straight, consistent, like with, and that's, that's the type of thing that builds that muscle. And, and it becomes, at that point, it starts to become harder to hit PRs, right? But like at the same time, like that's, that gives you a lot more leeway too. That's a good point, dude. Like what you just brought up right there is like strapping yourself with the right mindset going into this. Like if you want to get strong as shit, you want to build muscle, you want to lift heavy weights, like quit having this arbitrary like in, in or like time frame in your head because everybody's going to progress at different rates. Like don't compare yourself to your buddy if he's a little bit faster than you in terms of his progression and the weights that he's lifting, like so many different things go into it. Like, and, and we could just, that's like a whole nother rabbit hole, but 
really just focusing on you yourself alone and how can you maximize these things outside of the gym that we're talking about that will drastically have you make leaps and bounds compared to the version of you that were just to like skip over these or like brush them under the rug. I know they don't sound like the sexy things, but they're things that are inevitable in your process that you may have to come back and address later down the road if you don't address them right off the jump. So that's the biggest thing is like making sure that at some point you're going to have to address these things that we're talking about recovery, proper fueling, making sure that you're putting yourself in a position to do this consistently and like not overdoing it with your, with your body and making sure that you can come back in and you're using the techniques that, that Alex just talked about. And especially with sleep hygiene, that's a huge one. You may be in bed for seven to eight hours, but you may have slept like three to four of it, right? Tossing and turning stress is maybe a little bit high. So that, that could be a, um, a whole nother topic in itself, but just practicing little simple things like Alex was talking about, man, you'll set yourself up for success. And then you'll see the progression a lot more frequently than if you were to just neglect those things or just to be like, oh, I'm not going to pay attention to them or, oh, they're not that important. They aren't until they actually are, until you hit that roadblock, until you hit that speed bump, until you're like, or you, you know, I don't wish this upon anybody, but maybe you start getting some tweaks and some bangs and you start injuring yourself and your body's just kind of starting to break down. Those are clear signs and indication that, you know, something's something's missing here. So you have to go back and do some homework and be like, okay, where can I take care of my body a little bit better so that I can make it more resilient and, and allow it to adapt to the stimulus that I'm putting on it, which is think about it. Like we're coming into the, when we lift weights, we're doing damage to our body, right? We're coming in, we're purposely doing intentional damage to our muscle tissues. And so with that being said, there comes a recovery process with it too that's partnered that has to be very, very uh, upfront. And that has to be apparent before you just go in there and just think you're going to crush and smash weights all the time. You can, especially if you're young, like we, I'm sure you used to too, Alex. But I used to go in there and just sling it, dude. Like no, no warm ups, no nothing, right? Like put it on, I'll hit it, especially like bench, right? Like that's, that's a dude's thing guy thing but eventually at some point you start to go okay there's got to be a little bit more strategy here i got i got to be more methodical with my approach and especially if i want to do this long term if i'm just trying to get there as fast as i can you already are positioning yourself with the incorrect mindset in, in this whole thing so um yeah man do you want to transition into the the weight side of things and the actual physical side well kind of so like i think first okay. off like one more thing on this and it's kind of it's a bridge right so like what i want to talk about is how stretching i mean i think that's a huge thing for recovery right i think that's a really really good thing and then also warm-ups so like kind of maybe we start with stretching here like you know i think that this is something that, that so many people don't do and I, I i think you see it more with women right more women you see stretching and like kind of embodying that than than I do men at the gym, right? You don't see <laughs> For a lot. Sure. And so <laughs> like, I think that that's huge though. Like after your workouts, the last thing that I want to do after a workout, just crushing myself is go to the turf or go somewhere and stretch. But mm -hmm. I know that I feel so much better. I reduce the injuries. It helps with recovery so much to do that. And there's, there's different ways you can do this. So what I like to do is I like to go to the turf at my gym. Maybe you don't have turf. Go to a corner, go to a, a mat, whatever it is, and just do some do some stretching. You do child's pose. Like yoga is a great mirror. If you know yoga poses, great mirror, like lizard pose and, and child's pose and downward dog. Like all of these things are amazing recovery stretches that you can use. And so if you're confused on this, we're not going to demonstrate you know, but like I'm trying to give you names so that you can Google these things. Or if you do already know yoga, like there's you could Google like what I'll do some days is I do right now I'm doing four workouts a week and then I'm doing three yoga sessions a week. So I'm doing something every day. And a lot of times my yoga is recovery yoga. Well, it's like recovery based yoga. It's stretches. It's it's different poses that are going to really help me with flexibility, with recovery, that stuff. Right. And it's, it's just so huge. As I do it more and more, I feel so much better. My body feels better. And it's it's amazing. But it's not something that enough people do. And it does play a big factor in to hitting PRs. Because if you're not recovering, like we talked about, this is just kind of like that last piece of that recovery is just making sure that you're doing that. What I'll do as well is I'll go in the sauna and I'll do stretches in the sauna. 
you know, I'll do like a, you know, I'll kind of like put my leg over my knee and I'll lean over, you know, kind of that hip, the hip stretch, like the figure four seated figure four stretch. I'll do like, you know, just like, you know, one of these and, you know, kind of stretch everything in the, in the sauna, um, stretch my hammies, whatever it is. But like, that's a great thing too. You get the heat up a little bit. It's a great way to, to kind of lengthen those muscles too. And so what's your, what's your opinion on stretching and then kind of dive that into like a good proper warm up of how you kind of go about that? Yeah. I mean, obviously stretching is super important for one, everything that Alex said, but two, also making sure that your body is pliable and you can reach end ranges of motion. So for example, if we're talking about like a squat and you're trying to build your muscles in a squat, you have terrible ankle, knee and hip flexibility. And you're trying to get in position and let's say you're doing like these little quarter squats, which is probably pretty common. You go to a public gym, like you're going to see dudes in the squat rack, not getting close to parallel or below, right? They're, they're doing these quarter squats and they're loading a bunch of weight up, which is still going to build muscle, right? You're, you're it's going to be, it's a movement that now turns into traditionally more very quad dominant. You're kind of just doing these little half squats which are great, but you're missing out on so many different more ranges of motion and areas to strength and build muscle from. So um, range of motion is a huge thing. So where is your end range in each position that you're doing? If we're talking about compound lifts and, you know, I mentioned a squat, but it's really with anything. So taking the time to be pliable, to be mobile, to be, be able to make sure that you can maximize your lifts is crucial. So yes, from a recovery standpoint, but to also transitioning into the warm-up phase, making sure that you can hit different positions, again, to be able to maximize your lift and what you're doing. It's the difference between, let's say, for example, if you start to think that you can skip warm-ups, which this was me, like, you know, back in the day, absolutely, I thought I could just skip a warm-up and jump to to my sets, my working sets. What happens is I now, let's say I have four working sets on the day. Let's say I have four sets of five on on bench press. When I go into those four sets of five, my first set is probably going to be a lighter weight than I than I would traditionally do if I went through a proper warm up. Like if I w go through an actual warm up and I come in greased up, I'm sweating a little bit, my body's warm, I'm ready to go, my muscles feel activated. Like that first working set is going to be totally different than if I just kind of mm, I'm going to do the bar a couple times and then let's throw some weight on. And that was like light to moderate, so I'll call that my first set, right? And so now the quality of those four sets versus if I do a true warm up and if versus if I don't are going to be totally different. Now, imagine if I do that over a month's period of time where I just skip a warm up. I count my first two sets as like on paper, I say that they're working sets, but they were really light and I was actually just kind of using them as a warm up. So really, I only get set three and set four as a true working set. So really, I only got two sets in, but I counted it as four. So imagine if I do that across you know, a month, six months, a year, how much I'm leaving on the table versus I come in, I pump some blood through the muscles that I'm about to work, right? And this could be something as simple as uh, elevating the heart rate, not to the point where you're like overexerting yourself, but you're, you know, a couple word sentences where you might get out of breath just a little bit, but enough to elevate the heart rate. We're, tr we're trying to warm the body up. And so when you can do that, Make sure you can hit end ranges, meaning like if you need to go through some dynamic stretching um, and stretching positioning, like Alex was talking about before, go ahead and do that. But you want to prime yourself to go into the lift to where to the point where you're not counting your first uh, those warm up sets as like your working sets. And if you can do that, um, you're going to get so much more out of it by getting four true, solid, challenging, but doable working sets. Versus the guy who skips his warm up, doesn't go into it uh, as warm as he should, does the first two sets are shitty, just bullshit, don't even count, but he's counting them, and then gets kind of a third set and then gets one working set on his fourth set, right? So you really didn't do shit when you look at the work capacity and the volume. Um, and that comes simply just from skipping a warm up, right? Like, and, and not properly. And, it could be as something as simple as this, right? Like five to 10 minutes, pick a machine. If you're at a, at a local or public gym, walk on the treadmill at a faster, like a brisk pace, right? You can even bump the incline up five to 10 minutes on a stationary bike that again, is not like a cruise in the park, but it's just slightly above that. Something's going to, again, elevate the heart rate a little bit. That's the goal is to elevate the heart rate. We're really trying to pump some blood through our body and just literally warm up, right? Make sure your tissues are pliable, ready to go. And then from there, it really just depends on the movement that you're going to do. I like doing 
let's use the bench press, for example, again, think about the muscles that you're going to work going into the bench press that we're using here. So predominantly it's going to be chest, triceps, probably anterior delts, things like that, right? You can warm up really everything, but those are going to be the main primary movers. So go to something that you can use, whether you use bands or just some light weight and get some blood flow to those particular muscle groups. And you're going to feel so much better going into that first set. You're going to feel warm. You're going to have a little bit of a pump going on. And now you can truly, truly start adopting that first working set and get the most out of it. And so like, for example, if you're trying to warm your triceps up, you can go over to a cable tricep um, machine and just individually like do some extensions or you can just put the, the single handle on there and do some tricep extensions. And you're not like crushing yourself, but you do kind of want to get a little bit of a burning sensation going just so you're pumping the blood through there. And when you can do that, do that with your shoulders, do that with some triceps, do that with your chest, maybe throwing some flies. If you have a band, you can do that too. But you're just trying to get the primary movers working and getting some blood flow to them. And then once you do that, then you can start moving into movement specific. So in this case, we're talking about a bench press. So then you can move over to the bench and now you can start moving that, that empty barbell, right? But a lot of people just jump to the empty barbell and that's like the first thing they do and they haven't targeted the areas and the muscles and they haven't warmed up their body yet. They're like treating that as their warm up. It's like, it's not good. It's not bad, but you'll see a difference if you spend five, 10 minutes on a cardio machine go and isolate some muscle groups that you're really going to focus on, on your compound movement and try to pump some blood through those for a couple sets and then go over to the movement that you're going to do and begin your warm up sets. You're going to get a totally different experience. And, uh, you're, you're going to notice that your nervous system's ready to go. Your body's feeling you're, you're sweaty, you're, you're greased up, your, your body's warm and you're ready to rock. And you can imagine how much you're going to capitalize on your, your working sets in that movement versus if you were to skip all of that, and just like start throwing weight on and then just start moving it. Right. So it's like jumping in cold again, not good or bad, but I just say it's, it's less than optimal if you choose to do that. Yeah, for sure. And you're also, you're risking injury a lot of times with that, right? It's, yeah. You're going to, yeah. you're going to bring your percentage up at least, right? It's not, it's going to be a lot mm -hmm. less if you're going in on a warm up. And I'm a big, I, I think, use everything that Matt just said there. I think that's an amazing warm up. I'm a big mobility guy myself. I, I always get, I try to do like a full body mobility warm up. And I, I, I'm fortunate. I live right down the street from my gym. And so I actually do it right here, right behind me. I'll do a full body shoulders, ankles, hips, everything just every day before I go to the gym, I'll get a full body mobility session. And, and you can actually, for anybody out there as well, like, like we said, Matt gave some good examples for mobility. I think mobility is huge for recovery, but also for like just being able to, like you said, do move within the range or like lift within a larger range of motion, which is only going to be more beneficial for, for really everything. And I've seen for me a lot less soreness. I've seen just a lot, a lot of benefits when it comes to my increases in weight, uh, just a lot of different things with uh, consistent mobility session and you can find a lot of stuff on youtube as well i'm a huge youtube guy like there is a lot of good follow along stuff on there that you can use or just you can get exercises on there that are really really good just look for the really high view videos and generally they're going to be pretty pretty good for the most part so let's get in what do you say get into the to just kind of the the x the thing that people probably really want to hear they're like fuck yeah. you guys for, yeah. for talking about recovery <laughs> and sleep and shit? hydration and <laughs> Yeah, all this stuff. But I mean, guys, that is really, really important. What we just talked about like that, that is mm -hmm. like, if you're hitting plateaus and shit, like in, in your, like do all those things we talked about, focus on dialing in your, your diet, making sure you're eating enough. Like you got to eat enough. If you want to increase your weights, if you continue to eat in a calorie deficit, you're not going to increase your weights very much unless if you're new to it. Yeah. Like you, you might a little bit if you're it's a new exercise, sure you might you might see some different increases, but make sure you're eating enough. Make sure that you're eating you know quality foods. Make sure that you're staying hydrated. Get electrolytes in if you're sweating a lot. Um, get protein. Make sure you're, you're upwards or close to a gram per pound of body weight. Reduce you know manage your volume in the gym. Like don't be going seven days a week unless if you're doing small workouts like. 
you know, make sure that you're, you're maybe sticking in within like around that five a week, if you can, three to five, depending on what you're doing, like what kind of program you're doing is generally what I think the sweet spot is for, for people, the volume that's going to allow you to push some heavy fucking weight and also recover from it. You want to at least have that day or two of rest to on your body, which is huge. And then, you know, we talked about stretching. We talked about um, getting a good just warm up in with five to 10 minutes on, on some sort of machine, some sort of, you know, just some sort of movement based on what you're doing that day. What Matt talked about, I talked about mobility and now going into the actual gym. So you've done the warm up, you've done all, you're doing all this stuff. Matt, what would you say to everybody? I know this is your fucking jam. First off, mm-hmm. you're the, you're the program designer. You're the, like, what, what are some things that everybody out there can do to help skyrocket their, their weights, hit those PRs in the gym when it comes to the actual session? Yeah. I think if you want to skyrocket how strong you are and, and put on mass as quickly as possible, although we know it's not a quick process, the thing that will shortcut and, and really get you moving along is focusing on the compound lifts. You have to, because they're, they're so functional in terms of that you're working multiple muscle groups in one movement. So if you just go and try to maximize, like everybody wants to go do bicep curls, like that's great. Those are phenomenal. But if you're doing those in place of uh, like a, like a row, for example, right? Like a heavy row where you're also working biceps, you're working lats, you're working a lot more than just an isolated muscle group. So I think the compound lifts are essential. And we're just talking about bench squat, deadlift, pull, and then some sort of vertical press, right? Throw that in there as well too. So if you can, get your bases covered with those on your, your sessions during the week. I think that, that, that those need to be pillars in your sessions and you need to get better and and get hungrier at wanting to improve on those things. I think everybody thinks about like bench and some, some bros will try to stay away from the squats. Right. And like, so it's, yes, those are two movements, but also don't neglect like your, your, your pulling and your pressing too, both vertical and horizontal pulling and pressing. And when you can put all of those and encompass those in a kind of beautiful laid out program, even, even a shitty program. But if you just focused on those, like you're going to see improvements, you're going to see gains. Um, now it's your attention to detail and what encompasses those, uh, the, the surrounding movements, the accessory work that, that surrounds those. You can start to get really creative with that. Um, and uh, then it will also break down to the frequency. And this all depends on the training age, like how long and what's your experience with the lifts, right? Like, are you somebody who's just getting into it? Start off with a couple days a week, right? If you're somebody who's pretty seasoned and you're training like six, seven days a week and you're not seeing gains, you probably need to take your foot off the gas a little bit, right? And find like that three to four day sweet spot. Cause like we talked about that rest and recovery is going to be crucial for you. So it depends on where you're at. Um, but I think having the compound lift somewhere at the top or in the front of your workout, whatever you're doing for one to, because they're going to take, yes, you get the biggest bang for your buck, but they're the most demand on the body too. They're most, they're the most stressful. They're most, they're the most strenuous. So they're going to take a lot of energy. I'm a huge fan of like, if you, um, want to pre-fatigue, right. That's really popular. Like kind of what I was talking about from the warm up, sort of speak, like if you want to do, like some hack squats before you do your barbell squat. You want to go do some leg extensions and some some hammy curls before you go into your squats. That's very popular too. But making sure that wherever you choose to put those compound lifts, you're not neglecting them. They're not like just missing from your workout program. Like those should be the pillars. Those should be the foundations. And then what you choose to do around that, I mean, we could go so many different avenues and it depends on the individual. But yeah, man, if you want to get strong, you want to get jacked, like focus on the compound lifts because they're going to give you uh, they're going to accelerate your process, right? You're, you're working multiple muscle groups versus you just jumping straight to isolation and working just your chest or just your shoulders or just your triceps. Like those stuff should be plugged into and encompassed in uh, more of an umbrella approach that is really supportive around those major compound lifts. So that that's first and foremost, man. I mean, what do you think? Yeah, I know. I love everything you said there as well. And, and, you know, I think, mastering those compound lifts. I'll even take it to a mm-hmm. next level, right? Like not, mm-hmm. not only just doing the compound lifts, lifts, like really getting that form down when it comes to growth, right? You know, we're talking about skyrocketing your weights. Like a lot of times, like people want to get big, right? Or they want to get stronger. 
like that growth comes from mastering the form and making sure that we're actually moving with, we're hitting the muscle we're trying to hit. Because you get a lot of times what people do, sure, they can move a lot of weight on the bench, but they're hitting all shoulders or they're hitting, you know, they're not even hitting their chest, right? So like if we can get that form down and we're actually hitting the muscle group we're trying to hit, that muscle group's going to grow, right? And then when it comes to actually like, like hitting PRs and stuff, I would challenge people to not just view PRs as a weight, right? I think sometimes like viewing them as reps and stuff, rep, different rep PRs, like, oh, I hit a three rep PR today. I hit a six rep PR today, whatever it is. And also understanding that, you know, if we're gaining, if we can somehow increase each week or, you know, it gets harder as you go, understanding that, like the more you work out, it's going to get harder to, to hit those PRs. It's going to be harder to progress those workouts, but whatever you can do, can I hit another rep this week on the bench? Can I get another two and a half pounds or five pounds on my bench? Can I um, get one more set in? You know, like whatever it is, there's a lot of different ways that we can progress these workouts. Also, one thing I love to do is, is low, like just like, if you really want to progress, like let's just take the bench, for example, right? Let's do slow negative and pause at the bottom. Like if you're doing that, like, and you have more time under tension, not only is that going to help you grow, but you know, it over time, you're going to see when you do go to like a regular rep again, it's going to be a lot easier because you've been doing, you've been doing these slow ass reps. You've been doing pauses at the bottom. So you're going from a dead stop and you do that on anything. That's a great way to grow. It's a great way to increase your, your list. It's a great way if you're, you don't have access to as much weight to be able to get a lot more bang for your buck out of like, if you just have up to 55 pound dumbbells or something at your house, like you have some adjustable dumbbells, you know, there's going to be certain things that you're limited in. So you're going to want to use slow negatives within a goblet squat. You're going to want to use pauses at the bottom. You're going to want to like really like use these type of different ways to put time under tension so that you can grow and increase those, those weights. Yeah. And like, to to kind of take that to a different level too is like being able to progress you there has to be a certain amount of intensity so you you brought up a great thing saying tempo right like if you're limited on weights um is a great example or if you just need to change up your routine you need to move the weight slower to get that time under tension that's a great way to do it you should be focusing on that's why i love um going off an rpe spectrum rate of perceived exertion versus a percentage based. So for example, if you come in and you're trying to bench press and you have programmed 70 to 75% for your sets, and then you're going to progress to 80, 85%, that may look different on any given day. Like maybe your sleep wasn't good. Like maybe you haven't, haven't been hydrating. Maybe you didn't get enough carbohydrates. So that 85% can look different on Tuesday than it does on Thursday and it'll feel different. So I'm a huge fan of, okay, if the given is that we have to lift at a certain intensity here to be able to elicit a certain response from our body to be able to become resilient to what we're doing to it, then we have to have some sort of uh, approach here where we can create some consistency to even your point, like you're saying, like maybe it's not the weight that changes, but it's the rep, or maybe it's the form that changes, or maybe I do it with a different, a little bit longer tempo or a little bit longer pause, whatever you choose to do and whatever's inside your programming, there has to be intensity there. You can't just go through the motions and like check the box and like wonder why you're not getting strong or wonder why you're not building muscle. And this is very hard to explain to somebody that's very new because they might not have the, they're not going to have the the cognitive awareness they're not going to have the um the nervous system development yet they're not going to have the the training experience to be able to lift at a certain intensity right it's going to be very hard for them they're still trying to get the motor pattern down they're still trying to develop the movement so them loading on a bunch of weight that's going to challenge them and they don't have the mechanics down yet is it's going to be irrelevant for them, right? So that person's going to have to stay lighter. But I'm assuming that people that we're talking to are a little bit seasoned here. Let's just assume that you're not fresh off the couch lifting and you have some experience here and you've been doing this for a while, but you feel like you're stuck. And if I watch your sets and if we're, let's just say we're doing 10 repetitions and I watch you finish rep 10 and rep 10 looks just like rep one in terms of difficulty, like there's a problem there. Right. That means that you're just going through the motions. Like if you finished 10, you could have done another 10 if I asked you to go, but you just stopped because you were at rep 10 and that's what was prescribed. 
there's a problem there. That's a warm up set, right? And so I think really, really diving in and distinguishing the difference between a working set and a warm up set. Now, I'm not saying like go to failure, right? There's actually study and data showing that there, it's more beneficial to go just before failure than there is actually pushing beyond failure. There's a time and a place to do that too. But if you want to train more with more frequency and have better recovery and do this for longevity, you don't have to go to failure. But the caveat to that is you have to push, man. You have to, you have to exert yourself. You have to lift with intensity, meaning like you have to give effort. And that's one thing that from a coaching's perspective, it's very hard to gauge on people. Um, but it, it's, it's very easy to see if you look over their months of progression in their programming, like, oh, this person's been at the 10 pound dumbbell dumbbells for the last two months. Like, okay, some shit's wrong here. Like they either don't have access to heavier weight or they're just going through the motions and checking the box and saying like, oh yeah, I completed my 10 reps today. Versus the person that is pushing to rep 10 and they might've been able to do like one or two more reps, three at most, like that's an awesome set. And they were able to maintain their form. The intensity was there. They had to push, like you absolutely have to push on your set. So that's a intensity is huge. Like you have to be able to make it hurt. Like it has to be tough. It has to be challenging, but doable with good form. And assuming you're not injuring yourself, we want to make sure you're moving well, but man, you got to push yourself. That's, that's one thing that's big with me, especially guys who are trying to, and gals that are trying to build muscle. It's like, film your set. I want to see your set. Like I have prescribed here for you 10 repetitions. I want to see what your set looks like based on this weight that you say you're doing. Send it over to me. That's, I, I like to look at my client's film and, and just break it down. And I'll, I'll tell them like, Hey, no, you have more left in the tank. Your form looks good. I need you to add more weight onto that. Or they'll send it over. And I'm like, damn, you hit that stimulus. Perfect. Like that looked like a challenging set. Like you pushed it there and you might've had a rep or two left. I know those last couple of reps were challenging and, and you definitely pushed it. Um, you know, and so that's why I like to look at film. Film will do wonders. If you film yourself and, and doing your lifts, you might think it's difficult and you look at your film and it looks like, oh, you're just warming up like set one or rep one looks just like your last one. Man, like uh, in, in terms of intensity and difficulty, like you, you can probably put some more weight on there. So uh, that's huge. That's that's something that like watch watch people who are jacked, watch people who are in shape, uh, watch people who have a significant amount of muscle mass and they're super strong. They're not just checking the boxes on their on, when they're going through the motions on on their workouts and on their lifts. Like they're they're lifting heavy shit, and there there's a certain intensity there that has to be developed over time, of course. Um, if you're brand new, you, you, you're probably exclude, I would exclude you from this information, but if you have any sort of training experience, the intensity is so, so, so key. Um, and of course I say all that just to say, you have to perform it with correct form and technique and we're not injuring ourselves, but man, effort is huge. Yeah. Make some fucking faces in the gym. Dude, yeah, Don't be afraid. Like, honestly, I make some <laughs> weird ass faces in the gym. Oh, bro. That shows you're, you're pushing it, right? Like yeah, pushing it, you like push you it. You said not go to failure, right? Like you can't go to failure here and there. Like there are certain things I'll go to failure. Yeah. But like leaving a few reps in the tank is a good way to kind of yep. go about it. You know, if you can if you can shoot to leave two le two reps in the tank, like yeah. you'd have two struggle reps left. Like that's mm -hmm. that's generally where I like to to sit, like where I'm that's close a quality to failure. Set. Yeah, it's a great set. You're gonna be able to recover a lot easier from that. If you're doing failure all the time, you're gonna probably have to do less workouts throughout the week because it's gonna be harder. Unless you're on gear, time. unless you're on juice. Like if yeah. you're juice and you can recover like a madman, like oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And no, that's the that's tough thing too, right? People see those guys and they're like, Oh, well, so and so is doing it and they're super jacked. I'm like, yeah. yeah, they're on a ton of drugs too. So they they recover like nobody's business. That whole first segment that we we talked about, like they like that that recovery aspect for them on on people who are on performance enhancing drugs and steroids like dude their their recovery their ability to recover is so fast and so enhanced that that's why they can continue to lift and train the way that they do so like make sure you know take that with a grain of salt when people when you're watching people on social media is like there's going to be guys that are advanced in different stages in their career and they're probably on some shit and you can't just assume, but you also have to know, like if somebody's super, super jacked, they might be using something to help them. And so it, it, they're allowed to train a certain way too. Like if you see them going to failure frequently, it's because they have a different ability to recover when they're on some stuff too. Yeah. And, and if you see them working out seven days a week, 
right? Like, yeah. like that's yeah. like you see some of these guys, they're at the gym every time you go there. Seriously, right? It's like, like it's, you, know, you go in the morning, they're there. You go in the evening, they're there. You're like, does this guy leave? Does he have a cot in the back? Like, <laughs> right. like the, it's literally those, those guys, they're probably on steroids and like, you probably shouldn't do that. And the yeah. last thing I would say though, is like track your workouts guys. Like it's mm-hmm. literally, that's a great way. If you don't track your workouts, like you're going to just be guessing. Right. And this is, I love to do this. I do this with my notes app. Like I, I just put, I have my workouts. Like I have a program for myself each day of the program. And then I'll just make a new line with the date, you know, and like, okay, this is what I did that day. Like, you know, this is the numbers that I did. Oh, I can see the day, the day before last week I did this much. Okay. Let's see if we can get a little bit more. Let's see if we can push it this week and you'll be able to feel it out. Maybe you don't have it this week, but you'll be able to feel it out as you go. Oh, fuck yeah. I got it this week. Like, I, I can hit a little bit more. Like challenge yourself. Like that's the fun. Yeah. That's the fun that's part fun about part. this. Challenge yourself. And also yeah. like don't skip legs. <laughs> don't be oh. that guy. <laughs> don't be that person that skips legs. Don't be that like, dude. Get the fucking legs. Like I like Bro. don't be this scrawny ass leg person walking around. Like I, I, I literally legs is my favorite thing ever. That's why all I do, top, also, no bottom. Legs is my yeah. favorite too, bro. I fucking love it. It's we hard. It challenges you mentally. Though. Yeah, is our legs? Though, our legs your our legs your favorite. I have this theory that I just thought of the other day because I was like, okay, legs are my favorite, and then there's certain things that I really love doing, and it's all revolves around what your best weights are. <laughs> like I think, yeah. it's like oh, yeah, like, yeah which, for sure. Which things can you fucking hit high for sure? Because like that's what my the, legs are. Really, yeah. I can, I can really, I can hit some high weights when it comes to like RDLs and uh, yeah, and like backwards barbell lunges and like stuff like the reverse lunges and and stuff like that. Like these leg, these kind of obscure, a little bit more obscure leg exercises. Like I got a lot of weight in the tank, and so I think that's like why it feels really good. But also, like it just comes from like doing it a lot. Like we we're forced. During during sports, you're forced to do for baseball, especially like it's a lot of leg shit. Oh, baseball, it's right. all legs. And so, like for four years in college, forced to do this the program and forced yeah. to push it super hard. And so, like that that period of time, like I'm very grateful for when it comes to like just my whole development as a a lifter because I know that without that, that's just such a big base to have because that's that's what you know like we talk about not comparing yourself to other people you don't know what they're doing they could be on shit but also they could have been doing it for 30 years or 20 years yeah you never know right it's yeah it's just different right there's different people have been doing different things you may be new it's going to take a while you're going to see the newbie gains but it's it's very difficult to get up to some of these these weights that that some people are at because people have just been lifting for so long and so yep. that's kind of what, what I wanted to, to leave people with. You got anything else to, to wrap this up? Uh, last thing I would add is just a mind muscle connection. We didn't talk about that much, but like literally focusing on what it is that you're working, you can tap in. It's the difference between like, if I'm doing some lateral raises with some dumbbells, um, it's the difference between again, checking the box with a set or am I focused with intentionality, thinking about what muscles I'm using to literally move this weight from A to B. And when you really dive into that and you start to feel the muscles that you're working, you can engage them really well. Um, you can fatigue them purposely with intent. That's a totally different level. I actually have a couple of clients on that in that stage in their journey right now working on that. And um, you start to see their weights jump up because now it's no longer like, oh, let me make this set hard. Like they got that part down, what we were talking about. Like, let me lift with intensity. Let me lift with effort. Let me lift with focus. But now I want you to think about the muscle groups that you're actually working, like why I prescribe these for you, why you're doing them. And then as you're performing the movement, I want you to think about the muscles that you're trying to strengthen here. And when you do that, it, it it opens up this whole other door, this brand new ball game. And it's like the little giving you little nuggets to get a little bit better. Like you said, like it's fun. Like you get, you get a little bit stronger. You're, you're comparing your numbers from the previous time. There's going to be times where you feel like shit. There's going to be times you feel really good when you come into the gym and you're like, Oh, I'm going to take advantage of that today. Dump that focus into what it is that you're actually doing. Don't be on your phone. Don't, don't be, think, you know, looking at the, the girl across the gym while you're doing your set. Like, Think about what you're doing, the movement at hand, focus on the task, 
And man, you the, there's so many untapped gains that are in there when you can do it and you start to see your weight climb, you start to see your strength climb because you're just focusing on it. You're giving it intention. You're lifting with a purpose versus just like, oh yeah, that set was hard, but you know, I'm done. I kind of just rack my weights and I'll move on. It's like, well, do you even know what muscle groups you're working there? Like, what was your intention there? Could you moved a little bit better on one of your reps? Like really dive in and get intricate with it. That's like advanced, you know, you're starting to get advanced here, but that would be like the, you know, one of the the later stages. And so if you're in that position of you need to take it to another level, tapping into that mind muscle connection and focusing on what you're working, I think is huge. Amen. Yeah, I don't got anything else. I think that's great. I think this is an awesome episode. If you enjoyed this, make sure you like it. Leave us a comment on YouTube. Share it with somebody who you think could benefit from it. I'm sure there's a plenty of people out there that you know that are in the gym trying to get better. I'm sure there's something in this, a little nugget that they could take that will help them. So make sure you share it with them. We appreciate you all listening, watching on a weekly basis. And uh, I appreciate you, Matt. Thanks, brother.